It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Hi. Hi, good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Do you want the honest answer or like, I'm good? The honest answer. I mean, this week tried to murder me. Like, straight up horror movie style. Like, this well, week, you look this great. week tried to kill me. Well, I got four hours of sleep last night, so thank God for makeup <laughs> and coffee. Oh my gosh, I know. Thank God for coffee. This my my new obsession with Starbucks is really bad. It's really, really? costly. Yeah, I ordered you that fancy drink this morning, and I felt really awkward. It was like vanilla foam puff with the oat milk latte grande, blah blah blah. I was like, I'm not a fancy coffee orderer. It's so funny because I'm normally like just straight black, but then I'm obsessed with their pumpkin cold brew, and this is like as close as you can get to it. This hey, wait, mixture. describe. Tell me the order. Okay. It's crazy. This was from my cousin, Lauren Faunus. It is a cold brew with two pumps, sugar-free vanilla, so you lose the calories, and vanilla cream foam on top with cinnamon. And then you put the calories back on with the vanilla cream foam that's amazing. So yeah, that's that's what I ordered you this morning. Yeah, so I'll go back to black coffee soon, but <laughs> I'm loving this. Guess what else? I actually might have a new job. Wait, I don't know if you have time for a new job. Dude, this is like when I get home. Just like random oh, okay. money I'm going to pick up. Great, this is like the, one of the MLMs you joined. You're no, like, this is different. A, you guys, this girl has joined every MLM. <laughs> nope. I'm a, new, I'm a door dash driver with what? my scooter. <laughs> no. She just bought one of those fat scooters, like P-H-A-T scooters. And I'm literally obsessed. Last night, I have I hadn't ridden it in the dark because it has all these cool LED lights. So I went to go pick up North last night and I have a little basket on the back. I, I bungeed my food and I was like, cruising through the neighborhood, got home. And Wes was like, the food's still hot. I'm like, I know it's burning. Oh I could get like a tip, big tip for that. So, and I had fun. So Stay tuned. You might see me zipping around the neighborhood, bringing you your dinner. <laughs> I'll pay. I'll pay money to see that happen. Okay. So today, do you know what we're talking about? I don't. Give me a hint. Well, first of all, do you know what the top selling cookie is in the entire world? Entire world. World. Shoot. Hang on. Um. Okay. I would think it would be either Chips Ahoy or. Oreo. I don't think Girl Scout cookies would be the top selling in the world. No. Okay. It's Oreo. Okay. So there are 34 billion, billion Oreo cookies sold each year, 92 million per day, and 10 billion of those are sold just in the U.S. annually. Wow. 10 billion cookies. In the U.S. And 34 billion each year. An estimated 500 billion Oreo cookies have actually been sold since the beginning of time. Holy or beginning yeah. of the Oreo time, I guess. <laughs> so it's crazy because the first Oreo was actually called an Oreo biscuit and it was developed in 1912. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't realize it was that old. Yep. It's that old. So 
It's really weird that I chose to cover Oreo because I actually am not like a big sweet person other than my vanilla cream. Yeah, I mean, that's really ironic. You're like, I don't need sweets. And you're drinking like a fancy, fancy coffee. Yeah. But it's just, honestly, I feel like the brand and the marketing powerhouses behind Oreo are brilliant. And that's why it's really the number one cookie. I mean, it tastes amazing, Mm -hmm. but it's really because of their branding. Yeah. I chose it because they really focus on like three core areas around their marketing and product. So they're amazing at infusing themselves in pop culture or really newsjacking any prime event or happening. Mm -hmm. And they do it quick and they do it over the top. I think I know where you're going with that because I think I remember one situation that really caught my attention. I mean, there were so many. I spent hours on this episode because I was cracking up and I just, it was so hard to pick which ones I would talk about. And then they always approach their marketing from this like playful perspective. Nothing's ever too serious. It's always about fun. Mm -hmm. And then they're always innovating and embracing new ways to use their product or really just like look at their product in new ways. So they created the Oreo and it's not just about Oreo cookies. Like they've made Oreo ice cream, Oreo milkshakes. And then they actually like use the Oreo and like dress it up and make it funny things. So cool. It's exciting. So first, let me give you some history on Oreo, just so you understand like the background. And then I'm just going to go into some of those cool things that they do. Wait, real quick. Do you remember my like go-to holiday treat that I make sometimes? Oh, those Oreo balls. I call them the big O balls (laughs) because they're just like so amazing. It's like, you know, just as good as the big O maybe, but they're like the Oreos crushed up with cream cheese and you like mush it all together and then you roll it in a ball and you freeze it and then you dip it in white chocolate. Yum. So good. Okay. So I retract my statement that I don't like sweets. I love (laughs) Melissa's like whatever she bakes, she makes these crack cookies that yeah. are insane. Yeah. They're not really crack cookies, just <laughs> so, so everyone knows I don't do drugs, okay? <laughs> uh, they're butterscotch, oatmeal. Yeah. Oatmeal scotchies. I just put a little extra love in them so they're delicious. Yeah, and I can legit eat a whole Tupperware of those. <laughs> so the cookie was born out of a sibling rivalry between two brothers, Jacob and Joseph Luce, whose rift became so deep that they ended up running rival bakeries. Oh, that's... I like where this is going. So Oreo was actually a revenge cookie. Oh, wow. Crazy. Which which brother was it? Joseph or... You just wait. Okay, okay. So 1890s, before Oreo was even invented, Jacob and Joseph opened a bakery together in Kansas City. And it was the Luce Brothers Bakery. It was booming. And Jacob, who was more focused on the business end of things, kept telling Joseph, Joseph, if we're going to go big, we need to merge. We need to start forming partnerships because our tiny bakery is not going to be this mega giant that we want it to be. So Jacob was business savvy and he was like, he had his eye on the prize. Mm -hmm. So he hired a lawyer named Adolphus Green, I probably botched that name, but, and they decided we are just going to start acquiring bakeries and become a monopoly. So they created the American Biscuit and Manufacturing Company, which was the second largest bakery in the country at the time. Jacob became president and then appointed Adolphus as his general counsel. What happened to Joseph? He gave Joseph a seat on the board. Okay. Okay. But it wasn't Joseph's like jam. No, he, he wasn't was like, into the op- he wanted the like small town mm-hmm. brother bakery. Jacob was like, 
we're going to do this. We are going to become billionaires. Cookie moguls. Cookie moguls. So for the next seven years, Jacob and Adolphus duked it out with the other two major bakery companies in America. After those seven years, Jacob, he was just like depleted and his health was suffering. So he decided to move to Europe because he just needed a break. Oh, I kind of need a break right now. Do you think Don't I should move, move to, to Europe? Europe? Okay. I was thinking, when I was writing this, I'm like, oh shit, she's going to have an idea just to peace <laughs> out. <laughs> so then Joseph took over and he thought the best way to end the price war was to merge with two other major bakery companies and form an even bigger conglomerate, which is crazy because in the beginning, he didn't want to yeah, even Yeah, so merge. I'm confused. So Jacob was like all about expansion. Joseph was like, no, let's just be homegrown bakery boys. And then... So then Jacob got sick, left for, or got what, mentally ill, left for Europe to like get a break. So Joseph jumps in and like saves the day? Well, he saves the day and just like outlives his passion. But then Jacob was suffering and Joseph and Adolphus just kept pushing through. And they formed this huge merger, which became the National Biscuit Company, which is now Nabisco. Oh, I didn't realize that was the original name. That's cool. Crazy, huh? Yeah. So then Jacob, you know, he spent... Some time in Europe, he got prob- refreshed, got, got refreshed, renewed, probably did maybe some had an yoga, affair or two, had fun on the beach in Greece and Italy. He came back and he's like, I need to get back in the game. But at that time, he was pissed because he's like, what I wanted to create, my brother has really taken and ran with it. And he's like, I don't want to, I'm not going to join back with him. I'm going to do my own thing. I, he sounds like a little he has goofy. a little chip on his shoulder. Yep. So instead, he decided to found a different company and partner with a new bakery mogul, and they formed the Loose Willies Biscuit Company. He used all his knowledge from- Loose Willies. I know. Sounds- That's a horrible name. Well, it gets even worse. So he formed this bakery, and he used all his knowledge from the past in creating his former bakeries that were extremely successful. And they created this award-winning cookie customers loved and it was called the hydrox <laughs> what is up with these shitty names okay so hydrox immediately i thought of hydroxy cut me which too was not around then no of course not so he sounds you know, like a chemical though sounds like a chemical right oreo went head to head with the hydrox cookie <laughs> and well, not for the name that's and, for sure and it was weird because all these people kept saying why is oreo named oreo and many said it might be or means golden in French, or in Greek, the word oreo means nice or beautiful or well done. Oh, okay. So everything I did, you couldn't really find why they named it Oreo, yeah. but it worked. You know, in the next couple of years, of course, Hydrox became to sound a lot like cleaning products. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it does today, but back then they didn't really have anything like that on the market. So Oreo and Nabisco became the powerhouse and took over. Wait, so Oreo... Oh, yeah. Oreo was Nabisco. Hydrox was that weird company. Loose Willies. Willies. (laughs) Crazy. Okay. So they continued to compete, but Oreo relaunched with a higher price and made it more expensive. And it it began to appeal more to consumers. Like, oh, it might have more quality ingredients than Hydrox. It seemed more premium. Okay. So they didn't really battle it out for like price wars. They just, they made it like more premium. More premium. Okay. Yeah. In the beginning, they battled it out for... It literally looked exactly alike. The packaging looks exactly alike. And the cookie looks, is it like the same cookie? Same cookie. That's wacky. It's crazy. But Hydrox stayed the cookie 
And Nabisco began licensing Oreo for other products like cookies and cream ice cream and all these other like combination products, which really started to legitimize the brand with consumers. They're like Oreo, Oreo ice cream, Oreo blizzards, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And then Hydrox began being known as the knockoff cookie. Which is crazy because it was they the first were the OG. <laughs> they were the OG. I'm looking at the, I Googled it. I'm looking at the packaging. That logo is so bad. It looks like medieval, doesn't it? Looks it looks medieval. It totally does. And the name is so bad. Like, I just don't get it. Yep. So Oreo went on to become Milk's favorite cookie and the best-selling cookie in the world. And it's crazy because, interesting fact... Oreo actually beats Starbucks in the number of Facebook likes, wow. which is surprising to me. I don't know, because they've been around so much longer. Like, Starbucks is on every corner. The amount of I know, Starbucks. you're right. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. Again, I was thinking, like, why do you really like a cookie page? You know, Starbucks. Yeah. But you'll see why, because oh, okay. they are okay. awesome. So there's so much to Oreo. They have amazing ad campaigns, stuns, brilliant social media campaigns, and they've actually got some crazy press from being the butt of some crazy jokes or high school pranks. Oh. So there was this one prank that I was reading about that see some high school football players dared one guy to like get initiated onto the football team to put Oreos in his butt cheeks and run around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> late night, like around campus. Oh and my gosh. of course got caught and arrested with Oreos in his butt. And it was like all over late night news. And of course, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and everyone just freaking took that. Like on, like on his butt? No, like between his butt his cheeks. Butt cheeks. <laughs> he had to like run around oh. while keeping the Oreos in his butt cheeks. If the <laughs> Oreos fell, he would not make the football wait. team. Okay, wait. So this, it reminds me of something that happened to me, but it's not about me putting Oreos in my butt, <laughs> just so you know. But in high school, for my birthday... My friends thought it would be a brilliant idea to take Oreos, open them up, and put them all over my car. Oh my God, that's In the Arizona sun. I mean, granted, it was February, but like, it did not do good things to my car. Oh my God. I had a shitty car. I had a Hyundai accent with the door handles falling off at like, you know, so. Oh, well, when I was writing this, I was cracking up because I was telling, I was laughing out loud when I was reading it. And Wes was like, what are you laughing at when I was on the plane? And I told him and he's like, don't say that out loud. Our kids will totally try that. <laughs> Your kids will totally put Oreos in their butts. Yeah. I mean, they put raisins in their nose, Tic Tacs in their, I don't know what else the hell they do. Boys are weird. Okay. So let's start with their first ad campaign in 1950s when they really decided to just double down on marketing. They introduced the Lick campaign. And Lick, L-I-T? Lick. 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 Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I remember. And well, they, I don't remember. I wasn't alive, but I remember this. The Lick campaign. Yes. And then they also introduced the famous slogan, Oh, Oh, Oreo. In the 1950s and 60s, they really banked on slogans because people heard the jingles. And yeah, slog- jingles, jingles were all the rage then. The rage, right? Yeah. And if you see this ad, it's so cute. It's like a little girl and a little boy. You know, the illustrations back in the 50s were so comical now that we have Pixar and all this stuff. But just super basic and it's two O's and two kids sticking their heads out of it, grabbing for the Oreos. So mm-hmm. it was hilarious. And, you know, they began to ride on the slogan thing. So in the 1980s, they had For the Kid and All of Us. That's a great one, by the I way. I love it, right? Because it is totally like Oreo's so nostalgic and it is like a kid treat that you just, no matter how old you are, it like reminds you of that. Of Oreos, right? And of then, just being a kid. And then the one and only in 1982 
Oreo, the original Twister, 1995, and then... Wait, the original Twister? I don't get that. Oh, like, you twist twist the cookie. Okay, I get it, yeah. In 2004, Milk's favorite cookie. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, they had great campaigns, and all the way up to the 1980s, rode that jingle thing. They were like, we're going to rely on jingles. Did they use famous people to, like, sing the jingles and stuff? They did, and actually in the 1980s, their commercial featured Steve Urkel when he was a kid. And he was like singing the jingle, dipping the Oreos in milk, and it was so cute. Was he already famous? He was, well, I mean, he started, like he was- In the 80s, yeah. Because I 80s. remember he was in that show, uh, The Family- What is Family it? Ties. Family Ties. Was it Family Ties? Maybe. No. No. What was the one with the family on Friday? Ah, I can't think of the name of it. Someone's going to call it out for us. Cool. Okay. Well, yeah. I Remind us, people. Be, so I forget. So then it wasn't until, crazy, 2008 until they started like playing big. Mm-hmm. And in 2008, they actually decided to do a Super Bowl commercial. And it's hilarious. That was the first, first year, year they, they did, did it. Well, they've done commercials, but, but the first Super year Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. they invested. So the commercial was with the Manning brothers and the Williams sisters who were the faces of the Double Stuff Racing League. <laughs> It's crazy. And then in 2008, they went digital. That's the first time they created their Facebook page and just blew up. Question for you. Mm -hmm. Are you, like, how do you eat your Oreo? Well, you know, I haven't eaten one in a long time, but I usually just leave it whole and dip it in milk. That's like my ideal, but I don't often have milk. So then I just, I don't take it apart. Okay, so I'm really weird. I take it apart. I twist it, take it apart, and I scrape the middle off because the middle is disgusting to me because when I was little, someone was like told you it was like pig fat. Pig fat or like yeah. goat hair or something weird. Something yeah. nasty. So I never eat the middle. And I'm actually grossed out when I get like a Snickers or an Oreo Blizzard and I taste the middle. Ugh. Gross. Really? Yeah. It tastes out. delicious. I know. I'm weird. And then I just eat the cookies. So when I was doing research, apparently crafted this huge study that 50% of Oreo eaters pull their cookies apart before they eat them. And women are more likely to do the twist than men. So like men just pop it off and women like twist it. And it's so funny because I was thinking about it and I totally twist. Yeah. Ever wonder how Chubby Checker thought up the twist? (gasps) Come on, baby. Let's do the twist. Come on, baby. And now he's back better than ever. You take an Oreo cookie and you do it like this. Announcing the Oreo Twist event. Win a trip to a rock and roll twist party with Chubby Checker. Just look for specially marked bags of Oreo, the original twister. It's gotta be big. I love that they like commissioned a survey to figure that out. I know. Like the do the twist. I wonder if they had that. They you know that song, Do the Twist? twist? They should have had that. Oh, man. I see another viral video in Serendipit's future. (laughs) Let's bring it back. Bring it back. Make the Jonas Brothers cover it or something. It'll be all the rage. You're welcome, Oreo. Next campaign. (laughs) All right. Okay, so that's kind of just some history. But where I really wanted to focus in today is, like I said, there are three things they focus on to make their marketing brilliant. Number one, pop culture. Mm -hmm. There, I mean, so many things over the years they've done to capitalize on pop culture. But... And I, like I said, it was so hard to figure out which one. So I decided to f- pick some of the most recent ones. Okay, cool. That I think our listeners would more relate to. So do you watch Game of Thrones? No, I never have. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for that. I know. I've never watched it either. It's just, it doesn't it's seem not really appealing, my jam. but like I've heard so many great things from like people I trust. I mean, there there's so many fans out there. I yeah. mean, people are die hard. I mean, in our office, 
you should hear the banter. It's crazy. So for the last season of the Game of Thrones, they decided to launch a limited edition packaging concept and four new Oreo designs inspired by the characters in Game of Thrones. Oh. And so look at this packaging. Okay. Crazy. It's like totally a departure, right? Like dark, dingy. Yeah. It's very gothic. Totally gothic, right? And so they also decided to create a reimagined like show intro to the season finale. <laughs> and it like was like or an Oreo reimagined show yeah. intro. Okay, so I have to play it for you. Okay. Wow, that video is cool. Isn't it crazy? They like build a whole city out of Oreos. I know. They actually used 2,750 Oreo cookies. Wow. And then like at the end, the packaging is so sexy. I know. It's like awesome. black matte with and like a gothic-y looking mark. Yeah. And it's crazy. So to promote the campaign, they focused really on earned media and social media. So they gifted 50 influencers and high profile like Game of Thrones super fans these boxes a week before the finale. Cool. And so it actually generated more than 2,000 earned media placements. Like today, wow. USA Today, Vox, Food & Wine, Forbes, People, US Weekly. Like, I mean, every all the top yeah. places. It's crazy. And in social media, it was mentioned 14,247 times across all the social media platforms. Like people were just blowing this up. What year was this? 2019? 2019. 20- 19 or 2020. Yeah, I didn't actually see the date. But that YouTube video at just during the time, like the first three days it launched, it was 581,000 views on YouTube. Holy And now moly. it's like nearly a million views. So, wow. I mean, it was just this phenomenon. Saturday Night Live actually covered it. Uh-huh. It was, I mean, people were obsessed. And I couldn't find sales data because Oreo is super weird. They all talk about their earned media placements, but they don't ever... They'll talk about like how many boxes were sold, but they don't really talk about revenue. Yeah. I think Nimbusco is obviously a public company now, so you could dig in, but I wasn't going to go that deep. Yeah. But it was one of the brand's fastest selling products they've ever recreated. That's what their marketing so director did they did actually, say. So they gave away those packages. Did they sell those packages in stores? Yeah. Oh, wow. And it was like all these limited edition packages, they sell out like, like immediately. Crazy. They always have crazy flavors. Okay. The next one is awesome. Okay. Okay. It's Lady Gaga Oreos. And I'm like surprised you didn't know about this because I wish you would have sent me something. <laughs> I did not know about Maybe it. Maybe you can still go on this website. So okay. in January this year, Oreo launched its Lady Gaga Oreos in partnership with the pop singer to launch her new album. Not only was like this brilliant of Oreo, but... The campaign was phenomenal. So cool. So they created a new music-inspired Oreo to help spread musical messages of kindness. Oh, during the pandemic? Yep. Or I guess like post-pandemic-ish. Yeah, post-pandemic. And so these are, if you look at the Oreos, it's so cute. They're pink and green. The filling's green. And one is the cover of her album. One's an original Oreo. One's just a heart. And then one's like this Gaga Foundation logo. Mm -hmm. And... It was inspired by her feel-good dance album, Chromatica. Oh my gosh. 
So they did this, and then they became the official sponsor of her Born This Way Foundation, which Gaga founded as a way to help young people create more welcoming worlds and provide resources for mental health. Oh, wow. So it's real. I mean, the organization is phenomenal if you want to look into it. But they didn't only create the cookies and the packaging. They created this campaign, Sing With Oreo, to encourage Oreo fans to send Oreo Oreograms to loved <gasps> ones to win a chance to meet Lady Gaga. So I, I was hoping you'd send me an Oreogram. It. Did you have to pay for an Oreogram? No, you go on and you like record a cute message of kindness and it'll email an Oreogram. I would have sung a message of kindness to you. Well, they want you to sing. But oh, okay. that would have been scary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it for sure would have been scary. <laughs> it was awesome though. They launched the cookies like a shoe drop and first like a limited edition six pack only. So you couldn't even get the whole box. It was just like these fancy cookies. How much did they cost? I don't know. It didn't say, but it almost reminded me of those weird little candy, like what are those balls with coconut that you buy at the end of the grocery store. Oh, like, those Ferrero Rocher yeah. things. Yeah. It's like they I launched it like things. this fancy packaging. Like a not Oreo package. No. Yeah. And it was just the six pack. So then you could sign up on the Lady Gaga and Oreo stand club to be notified when like the official package came out. Oh, Wow. And right away, they had a 1,000 subscribers, and that's all they gave the limited edition pack to. And then they had to wait for grocery stores. And it was really cool because they actually hosted a digital scavenger hunt for users to find a clue when the packages would actually be dropped. I love that. That's so cool. cool. And again, I tried to find more stats on the contest, but it was Oreo was there. pretty yeah. secret, and because it was so new as well. So but they gave a percentage of profits to Lady Gaga's foundation. Yeah, yeah. The, for mental health, which I thought was awesome. awesome. Yeah, and it was the first time they've actually partnered with you know a pop star, which I think is brilliant because Lady Gaga obviously has an amazing following, mm-hmm. and they like work together to create the packaging and the cookie. Like she was a part of it. Yeah. So the pink and green thing kind of throws me off. Was it like watermelon flavored? Because that makes me want to vomit. No, it's not. It's just her new album cover is pink and green. Like hot pink and green. I can't like eat those colors together in a cookie. I can't eat the birthday cake If it tastes like chocolate, I'm going to, it's not going to work for me. I think it probably tastes more like the vanilla Oreos. Yeah. Those are pretty good. But you can't even get your hands on them. So yeah, good luck. They're all all in some people's belly. (laughs) Again, there's so many other pop culture things that I could cover, but the next thing they do, I thought really inspired me because I'm also going to cover Volkswagen soon and just their vision of how they are like all about fun and playfulness and Oreo really does the same thing. So their mission is like stay playful all the time. They Mm -hmm. love it. So they actually partnered with, do you know Wiz Khalifa? Wiz Khalifa. Yes, I know Wiz Khalifa. Not personally. I wish I did. I think you know him personally. Do I? (laughs) No. (laughs) So it seems weird that they would partner with Wiz Khalifa, but in 2019, they partnered with him and had him actually come up with a song just for Oreo. (sighs) And the campaign was Stay Playful. And it was the funniest video, and I'll show it to you, but it's Khalifa like throwing cookies at his five-year-old son and them just cracking up while singing this cute song. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. So the, the song was actually called Playful for Life, and it was recorded by Khalifa, and his son kind of helps chime in. 
They say quit, they say done. They say we're too grown for fun. They say oh, we say young. We say playful's never done. Don't fight the feeling, just let it flow. Stack it up, rack it up, let it go. Laughter is calling, pick up the phone. Let's stay playful, Oreo. Everyone's welcome. And the most interesting part of this partnership. Are you ready? I'm ready. The song was released via the Oreo and Wiz Khalifa limited edition music box. What? Check this out. They created a miniature recording player that you'd put the Oreo on and the song would play. Like a real Oreo? Yeah. Okay. Listen. What? Hoda go like crazy. So pause this. Check okay. this out. So it is Friday Friday. Yeah. And on Fridays, we try something new. All right, so we have something that combines two of our favorite things. We don't know what this is, but it says it's Oreos oh and music. music. What? That is so sweet. It's an Oreo music box. I'm Wait, liking what are you what I talking see? about? How does it, so you're how supposed do... to place an Oreo on the turntable. Okay. Is that really you do? Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Turn it and on. then you put the record. This is ridiculous. Is something going to jump out? I know. What's going to happen? Is someone going to jump out and smack us? Okay. I'm scared of it. I know. Also, because what could it possibly pick up? Do we, so you push the yeah. button? Yeah. Don't Can, move the what? arm. Move the arm, arm more. That's move where, where I would. Is that the? Is that an Oreo? Take a bite out of this one. Of the Oreo. The yeah. one that's spinning. The one that's spinning. Take, remove it. <laughs> you do it. Ew! What just happened to you? Take a bite. Take a bite. Is it good. warm? That's good. Now put it back. Okay, what this is happening? This is very, I mean, this is like a dream someone had. Okay. It's a different song. A new song. That is so cool. That was like, like a literally a record, a mini record player that you put an Oreo on top and it plays a song. And then, like, you can take a bite and you can put it back and it will, like, play a different song? How did they do that? They're, that's wacky. I know. So cool. Like, and it played on, like, Oreos Nostalgia, record players are in, you know, totally. with Gen Z. Yeah, it was crazy. I thought that was awesome. I love it. Okay, so this next one is hilarious. So they are all about newsjacking, mm-hmm. and I think they're brilliant. And I, I was just wondering, like, how are they in the marketing boardroom thinking what they newsjack? Because there's so many things that Oreo could just take off. There's, like, no time in the boardroom for that because it's, like, something happens, and they're sitting at the desk, and they're like, we got to go. Okay, so 2020 was horrible, right? Yes. Not just because of coronavirus, but do you remember when they're all of a sudden like, you know, it's doomsday, everything's horrible, and they're like, there's going to be an asteroid that's going to hit the earth. Yeah. It's like, like what the hell me? else could happen? There was also like bees that were going to kill us. Remember those? Oh, yeah. So many things. Man-eating bees? I don't know. So Oreo was like, okay, I mean, we need to capitalize on this. This horrific news that an asteroid's going to hit the earth and everything's going to be destroyed. So they partnered with two agencies, 360i and the community to unveil the global Oreo vault. And it was an asteroid proof facility built to protect the Oreo recipe. That is so amazing. I know. And it was actually inspired by another doomsday vault, the seed vault that was created to protect all the seeds in the world just in case a global catastrophe. Oh my God. It actually exists. So the brand placed the vault 
in Norway, like in the middle of the snow, and they sent out the exact longitude and latitude coordinates. Kind of like the Jeep thing. Oreo senior director Justin Parnell said the brand had sent its agency partners a brief in the fall to spread some playfulness and provide a little relief from all the worry in the world right now. So they came up with this. I love that. So even though like the threat was minimal, they wanted to still create because it wasn't Oreo really ball. it wasn't like the world like they knew it wasn't actually going to be a, an issue, but. But they actually built this. It's crazy. So, cool. so they launched 40 pieces of social content over five days that led up to the release of this short mockumentary. And it was actually filmed in Oslo, Norway. Yeah. It follows the journey of the astronomers and the project managers portrayed by actors of like creating this vault. <laughs> like they take it really seriously. Yeah. So I have to show you this video. Okay. Actually, uh, our spot should be, I think it, yeah, I think we can see it from here, I suppose. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. I think that's better because it's higher. And if the asteroid hits lower and the water, you know, it, yeah, it, that will be safer for sure. Yes, this asteroid is real. Uh, asteroid 2018 VP1 will pass Earth on November 3rd. The uncertainty of its orbit is kind of what triggers us because we're not entirely sure it will follow its nominal orbit. Sometimes I'll check Twitter just to see what people are saying about Oreos. On October 3rd, I came across a tweet unlike any I had ever seen before. It said, asteroid coming for Earth, who will save the Oreos? That is so cool. Isn't that awesome? And I love how humorous that video is that they like made about building it. Like the guy was like, normally it takes me two years to build a vault, but I only had 30 days, but these opportunities only come around once in a lifetime. So I accepted the challenge. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, we'll definitely put these videos up because I was, and it's so serious. Oh, so and serious. the coolest thing is it was actually inspired by a customer. A customer on Twitter. It said, when the asteroid's coming, who's going to save the Oreos? Brilliant. So the chief marketing officer found that and brought it to the team and was like, we need to save the Oreos. Brands need to like pay way more attention to Twitter. Sometimes I like don't give Twitter enough credit for what it really can do. Like customers are hilarious and super horrible you at know the same time interesting? on Twitter. We were talking about this yesterday because we were battling like which of our customers should be on Twitter. And here's the deal. Brands should pay attention, but it takes a very specific brand or product to be able to really capitalize well, on it. I don't I disagree. I don't think it takes a brand or product. I think it takes the right person representing that brand or product. I think you could have almost anything and you could have, as long as it's authentic to your brand personality and voice, yeah. you could be amazing on Twitter with like this plastic water glass. You can be on Twitter. What we're trying to say is like, how do we capitalize and do these big stunts? But a lot of the companies we work, I mean, Oreo has a powerhouse of totally. marketing team. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they have someone that's monitoring this and reads it's it. It's a full-time job. And makes shit happen. Yeah. Like, there's no way. I mean, we need to keep preach to our clients that it would be specific. Watch this. And then if we find something, we got to go. We got to move. And, like, there's no time to waste. Because if you take too long, then it won't go viral. Yeah. And, you, and just you have to be careful, conversation. too, that you're, like, not going to say something wrong. Yeah. So it was crazy. So this, in anticipation of like this launch, Oreo actually went dark on social for a few days and slowly preparing started- Preparing for doomsday. Preparing for doomsday. And they slowly start teasing 
this film through social. And then it drew 100 million impressions across organic social and 324,000 video views and 178 engagements and more than 415 media placements. Holy moly. Was this like worldwide or just U.S.? I'm assuming it was, it was worldwide. worldwide. Yeah, because yeah. the, the stunt was like in Norway. Yeah, and Oreo said it outperformed CBG benchmarks by 59%. Holy I mean, cow. people loved this. People were DMing Oreo saying, can I work vault security? <laughs> like, how do I get a job at the vault? And people were floating all these conspiracy theories about like the passcode. Like, how can we get the passcode to the vault? Just in case like the world goes down and we need to save the Oreos. <laughs> that was so cool. And so... Oreos kept saying there's even when you get in the vault, it's like wrapped in mylar and like it's you to get into these Oreos. They had to protect him if the world. Of course. You know, was did they it. actually do this or was it like, did they actually build some kind of vault and put the recipe inside? They actually put Oreos inside and the recipe. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. So crazy. It's so crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's like when we were talking, you have to have a budget to just like, oh, if you're going to yeah. go big, yeah. like they went big, right? Yeah. So it's so cool. They even took it further than the Oreo vault, Oreo. Jeez. I mean, I thought that was like pretty much the culmination of them. No. So the government on June 27th, 2021, Oreo did something even crazier. What did they do, Alexis? So do you remember when the government announced that by June 27th, 2021, they had to disclose all they know about UFOs? I didn't know that. Um, no, you asked me like I would actually know that. No, I did not know that. Okay, so and I was who to, made them disclose that? I don't know. You know this wacky, <laughs> wacky political situation. Someone just decided they need to disclose it all, right? Okay. So Oreo was like, awesome. So they created an offering campaign for the aliens. <laughs> for the aliens. Okay, this is freaking brilliant. So they created updated packaging and an entire series. Of videos. So they made a very real sign for the aliens in a crop in Kansas. Check this out. Oh God. Imagine if the extraterrestrials have ever seen any movie we've ever made about them, I'd be suspicious of our intentions. They've got to love Oreo cookies. And that's the story of how me and you and Oreo have saved the world, we think. That was so cool. I mean, they like carved a giant Oreo cookie and logo into the farm field. That's what I was saying. I'm like, how did, I mean, it's so detailed. It's like exactly it's beautiful. the Oreo the cookie, like it's all the designs. And it's the detail of the design. And like they, the fact that they crushed up Oreos and they poured it around where it actually says Oreo so it looks darker. Yeah. They thought the UFOs are going to come down. They're going to suck up all the Oreos. <laughs> and because of crop circles, right? They, yeah. they would identify like where to land. And that was the peace offering that was going to save the world from aliens coming. Yeah. And it's so cool because they actually created unique packaging for this too. Uh -huh. So if you see the packaging, it's blue uh -huh. and in the middle it's like shaped like a circle and you're supposed to put your oreo cookie on top of there and like put it outside and the aliens, the aliens will beam down and suck up the oreo that is so amazing isn't it crazy like again oreo just goes like 
so big. But I they do it in the right ways it. where like they're things that are maybe could be a little bit freaky to people, but they just like have so much fun with them and light, they make them lighter. Yeah. And so on the packaging, it actually said not for sale, totally for sharing, as well as bringing all life forms together. Oh, I love it. And so they made 3000 of them and sold out in three hours. But they weren't for sale. Oh, they weren't for sale. (laughs) But how crazy. So you had to go to this website and you'd have to enter your information, which also was brilliant because at that time, you know, this year they realized we need more consumer they data. They need to go direct because, to consumer. Yeah. yeah. Because they're just Oreo sold in the grocery stores. They never really can connect other than social media. Yeah. So they captured all this data and that's where they're continuing to do these like direct consumer campaigns where you have to go on their website to enter or to go to a, a specific website to join. So they collect the data on who they're Consumers I love that. Are. It's like when Heinz Ketchup did that during the pandemic, when they were like, direct to your door, we'll deliver Heinz Ketchup. Like, who would have thought? So brilliant. Yeah. So again, there's tons of other newsjacking ones. And for this crop circle or the offering campaign, I mean, they created like 15 YouTube videos. I mean, it was so high production. And it, I mean, they, they must ch- have spent, I mean, their budget is ridiculous. I mean, they sell, what did we say? Billions. Billions of Oreos every year. So the next one, they're so creative. They have an ability to look at their product in a new way and not be scared of it. So they do all these little micro stunts on social media, which are incredible. So check out this one. They made Oreo look like a Wi-Fi signal. And it said, your Wi-Fi name says a lot about you. Ours is Badunkadunk. <laughs> and it's so funny because you know how in our old office it was like Dirty Badger Don't Care or like Honey Badger, honey don't, badger care. don't Care. And um, my friend's Wi-Fi is Tell My Wi-Fi Love Her. Oh my God. How <laughs> hilarious. I know. So this is looking at their product in a different way, but they also, I guess there was a big feud between PlayStation and Xbox. So they created this image and sent it out and said, can we play? And what was it? It's like a controller and the joysticks are made out of Oreos. And then instead of ABC, like where Uh you press, it spells Oreo. Oh, I love it. And it says beyond the cookie jar. And these are just like imagery they put out on social media to like get into a conversation. Yeah. And then it says, can we play? And they put on Twitter. Oh my God. They're so on it. So on it. Right. So that one, just that can we play tweet, it gained 22 million impressions. (sighs) Crazy. So amazing. They decided to get creative in recognizing that dunking can get pretty old, especially after 100 years. Mm -hmm. So they decided to find new, unexpected ways to enjoy your Oreo. So they decided to launch a campaign that was Oreo Snack Hacks. Mm -hmm. And it was a full campaign that tapped into like the foodie and hacking culture and encouraged fans to get clever with a cookie. So they partnered with top chefs like Michael Voltaglio, Roy Choi, and a ton of other ones. Mm -hmm. And they challenged them to like create this masterpiece out of Oreo. Wow. And all these top chefs, again, we'll link these videos, talk about their love of Oreo and why they created like this masterpiece with Oreos. I'm Michael Voltaggio, chef owner of Ink and Ink Sack restaurants in Los Angeles, California. At Inc, we love to experiment with food. Uh, We like to think outside of the box a little bit more, but not from a place that doesn't have any foundation. We like to find ideas or utilize ideas that are familiar and then kind of pull them apart and put them back together in a different way. What we do at Inc is kind of like a hack. If you haven't tried a birthday cake Oreo, I don't know, they taste good. Freaking good, sorry. They taste freaking good. 
I love that. Yeah. And the results, 5 million views and counting. They actually launched a dedicated Tumblr site just for this. And they got tons of press, including the Creativity Top 5 Award. Wow, that's cool. And check this. They Did launched- the chefs come up with new ways to like dunk the Oreos? No. Or like recipes using Oreos? Recipes. Were they all dessert or were they like main dish? They were like snacks. Okay. Oh, cool. And then they also launched these cool graphics on social that were all these like three to five steps to like create new Oreo recipes. Like some are like late night snack hacks, some are milkshakes, some are popsicles. It's so cool. Wow. You know what would be really good? A pretzel and an Oreo like combo. Mm. Like that salty and sweet. And like the softness of the interior of the Oreo. Like I know you don't like it, but that would be so money. So money. Okay. This last one is awesome. And I picture you buying these. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the last stunt was they wanted to put the control back in the hands of parents. So they teamed up with Better Homes and Gardens, Green Giant, Hanes, and Ford. Did they like hide vegetables in Oreos? Please tell me they did. they created branded disguises that moms and dads could use to hide their packs of (gasps) Oreos from the kids. I did read about this. Like it was like they would, so instead of the Oreo packaging, it would be like something the kids didn't like. Yeah, it's (laughs) so crazy. So they partnered, check this out. It's so cool. It's like, look at the cookbook, Better Homes and Gardens. Uh And you just, it looks like a normal cookbook. Underwear packaging in your underwear. Uh huh. And then a manual in your glove box. Uh huh. And you open it. And open it, and you would never know because it's as thick as a manual. And it's Oreo. And the other one is green peas Amazing. in your refrigerator. What child likes green peas? Yeah. And it's the packaging is legit. Like you would never know. Oh my goodness. That is so ridiculously smart. So it's so smart because not only did they partner with these awesome brands, but on Instagram and Twitter, they challenged fans to share their most creative Oreo Thins hiding spots with the hashtags Thins Protection Program. <laughs> and it's so cool because in tw- if that was 2020, like you were home with your kids all the time, like you couldn't keep snacks. I couldn't keep snacks in my house. No. So you had to legit a hide legit them. hide snacks. And it was crazy because this one, they went big. So they encouraged all, I mean, the all these parents are doing videos showing where they hide their Oreos. It's hilarious. It's almost like those funny TikToks where the moms and dads like trash the house. Yeah. I mean, people got so creative. And the Oreo said, share your most creative hiding spots for a chance to win these limited edition packaging and $25,000 cash. Wow. And it blew up. Who won? I didn't see who went. Oh, but dang, that's I, so I got, cool. It's so hard when you're researching these. You get buried in I the amount know. of like tweets and videos. And these moms were hilarious. <laughs> like these moms stuffed it in the padding of their bras. <laughs> oh, that's so Oreo genius. Cookies. That's smart. By the way, I'm sorry, rant. Sew the damn pads in bras and swimsuits. WTF. They come out. Then you're left with like this hole in the swimsuit or bra. I could fucking stuff an Oreo in there. I know. I don't want to tell another funny story. That is for offline. Okay. About Melissa stepping something. Oh, yeah. That's for offline. (laughs) Some people know that. Okay. What do you think? I mean, Oreo is just so on it. They're so genius. So genius. And I'm telling you, I want to do a follow-up because I have a whole list of other badass things that they've done. Yeah. But also, so cool. I'm so inspired lately by these brands and like how we can bring these to our clients about, 
staying playful, looking at your product in a different way and not being afraid of it. Like so many people are like, we can't manipulate our product or do something funny because it might hurt our brand. But like, if you're doing it in a way that people are going to laugh about it and it's creative, it's genius, right? Or like creating new packaging that is not your traditional packaging. Yeah, for special edition. I love that. That's what I really got out of this. Like taking that creativity to that next level. I mean, it takes a certain level of client to like want to invest in something like that, but how amazing. And also out of this, like I have a goal to get one of our clients to like let us do something wacky on Twitter. Wacky. We need to have a great Twitter strategy for one of our direct to consumer clients and we're going to get there. We are going to get there. Okay. I got to thank my sources. There were so many of them. Delish.com and their Lady Gaga Oreo cookie feature was incredible. Business Insider has so many articles, but this is how Oreo went from the knock off world to the world most famous cookie. Ad Week had so many great articles. And I mean, the list goes on and on. We'll link all these on our website and put all the videos for these amazing crop campaigns, the Oreo Vault. I mean, you just better like buy a box of Oreos and sit down one night and watch them all. And just listen to our podcast first while you're eating Oreos. We should have warned everyone ahead of time. Maybe when we actually release this on Instagram, we'll say prepare yourself with a box of Oreos when you listen. And I have to tell you one. And where's my Oreo? Oh, I didn't get them. (laughs) Again, because I know I would eat the whole box because I just twist, take the middle out, and then I don't think I'm like eating as much calories. What do you do with the middle? Ew, put it in the trash. Oh, God. Actually, me and Cash were doing this thing the other day and I put all the middles in the bowl and he was like eating the middle. (laughs) Gross. But I have to tell one story and I hope I can find this picture, but I also was inspired to do this Oreo campaign because my best friend and I had these amazing amazing Halloween costumes created by my father and we were Oreo cookie and milk and he legit carved like that crop. He carved out of foam, like foam. Oh my gosh. The Oreo for me. This is John G. John G. Front and back, painted our faces white and then he built an entire milk carton with our pictures on the back that we were missing and we won the costume contest. I mean, every year we win. That was you and Holly Frame? No, actually before Holly Frame. This was when I was like seven and eight. Janelle McKenzie. We we were inseparable and we had the best. Every year they would like wait for Janelle and Alexis to walk out in the parade. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, awesome. Thanks for listening. We hope you loved this episode and we hope you'll come back next week for another great story. If you want to support our podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And we would love if you tell our tell your friends about us. You can tell our friends too if you want, but tell yours. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Will It Stick Podcast. Visit us online at willitstickpodcast.com. And we will see you soon. And tell us on Instagram if you're a twister or a ripper. Part. <laughs> or you just eat them whole like Or me. a dunker. Yep. Peace. Bye. Bye.